Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Wednesday, September 20th. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. All right. And first up today, we're going to tell you about the canine that became a overnight sensation and hero after capturing Pennsylvania fugitive Danello Calvin Conte. Now, moments after law enforcement officials spotted convicted murderer Danello Calvin Conte's head peeking through the underbush, they released a police dog who bit and subdued Calvin Conte, leading to his apprehension nearly two weeks after he escaped prison. The dog, a four-year-old Belgian Malinois named Yoda was from one of two tactical teams that moved in on Calvin Conte around 8 a.m. in a wooded Pennsylvania area, ending an intense manhunt that drew hundreds of law enforcement officials to the area. No shots were fired during the incident. Now, Yoda was a significant force in the takedown, preventing Calvin Conte from using the stolen rifle in his possession that laid within arm's reach. That from Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens of the Pennsylvania State Police. He was just essential as far as tracking and searching, as were numerous other canines that were here. He went on to say all these canine resources were utilized from different tactical teams in the area, and they were just incredible resources. Now, authorities say it took about five minutes from when authorities began moving in to apprehend Cavacante with Yetta's help. Police dogs play a very important role in tracking down and safely capturing an individual, Bivens went on to say. Far better that we're able to release a patrol dog like this and have them subdue the individual than have us use lethal force. It's standard practice for canines to move first, going quickly and directly at a suspect on command. The dogs are trained to take a person off guard to prevent them from escaping or using any weapons in their vicinity. Their training grants officers a few extra seconds to approach a suspect and apprehend them without lethal force. They don't just keep biting or releasing or trying to cause additional injury. They're simply going to grab onto and try to hold that person in place until officers can get there. Police dogs are not meant to be released at a distance or without supervision. There are officers close by who can move in and the handler can immediately pull the dog off and the officers take over from there. So Yoda playing a significant role in the capture of that escaped murdering fugitive. They. I love the canines. They saved me so many times. It was absolutely priceless. Uh, It's too many stories. You can listen to a a lot of my original real life, real crime stories that come out on Tuesday and where I tell about the canines all the time. And yeah, we use the same breed of dog and they're never out of earshot per se of the handler's voice. Uh, It's just amazing what they do and, and and they actually train them in a different language it, i'm not gonna tell you which one they train them in a different language their commands so if the bad guy can't just say stop or you know halt or and get the dog off of them. Right. but yeah it's a badass those dogs are out there every day and a lot of them get killed we've done st- several stories where the dogs the canine the police officer dogs have been hurt right or or killed but that's part of it but yeah i was just Real quick, one one that I'll never live down. And a guy ran from me. I, uh, he ran out into a field, and he had a pistol on the seat. He kept looking like he was going to reach back in. And I drew down on me, took off running, and I woke up, and the pistol's there, and I called for the K-9. And I took off running after him. I couldn't catch him. He got away. So the K-9 ended up finding him later on, and he, he, had, a, he had a foot and a half. I think I told you all this story before. The bad guy outran me with one and a half feet. So clubfoot but a canine oh, got wow. it all right look let's take it to a really serious story and i think everybody in the world has heard about this 
it's heartbreaking. It just goes to the culture we live in today and shocking. I'm going to give you some numbers at the end of it. But in Los Angeles, after an hours long standoff, a 29 year old man suspected of gunning down the Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputy was arrested Monday. And, but the, the y'all, they don't know why he killed him. So, uh, Kevin Catano Salazar is accused of ambushing and shooting deputy Ryan Klinkenbrumer, 30 years old, as the deputy waited at a red light in his patrol car in Los Angeles. Catano Salazar surrendered after deputies deployed chemical agents at his home Monday. The sheriff has described the deputy's killer as a coward who took Klinkenbrumer's life while he's sitting at a red light waiting to serve our community. Klinkenbrumer, who got engaged just four days before he was killed, was found fatally wounded by a civilian at 6 p.m. Saturday near a sheriff's station in Palmdale. He was murdered, ambushed by a coward, Luna said. Our deputy left the station in uniform to serve, and he was shot and killed. Why? We don't know yet, but we intend to find out. And then the sheriff thanked the public for the information uh, leading to, to Salazar's arrest and says, I ask all of you to continue to support our deputies here at the Palmdale station, Lancaster station right next door, and really all law enforcement. Um, our officers, our deputies go out and serve this community every day, putting their lives on the line. So we have a lot to be thankful for that we have men and women who volunteer to do this and the families who kiss them goodbye and just pray they'll come back home. In this case, Ryan's family will never see him again. Y'all listen to this. I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't get it, but more than a dozen other families of law enforcement officers, uh, have lost loved ones who died in ambush attacks like this, this year. And there have been 83 ambush style attacks on law enforcement this year alone, y'all in 2023, with 101 officers shot, 15 of them died. Uh, this is according from the report from Eternal Order of Police. And it's just crazy. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, I just, I don't know. Yeah. What do you and I both remember vividly the ambush in Baton Rouge with, with uh, several officers killed? Uh, and injured in that process it's it's a difference it's a difference between um you responding to a call like officer kelly for Dennis springs pd unfortunately lost his life recently right it would get murdered by a little bitch uh, um and that's that's the difference you respond to a call shit happens but then this guy's just sitting in a red light and is executed for no reason. And then in Baton Rouge, when it happened, oh my God, that, that guy came in with all the AR 15s and AKs and, and bulletproof vests and everything. He came in just to kill because, uh, Baton Rouge police officers and he succeeded. And, uh, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, maybe it's copycat stuff. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I know there's certainly not a direct link in this, uh, in this case to this, but I, I can't help but think that, you know, three, four, five years now of media portrayals of law enforcement as bad guys and what's going on in some of these major cities with what is being tolerated in terms of crime. You have kids growing up, these 17 year olds who were, you know, who were 15, 14, 13, when attitudes in America toward the police started to change have grown up without respect for law enforcement. Um, it, that's got to play into this to some degree. Yeah. Well, I mean, I certainly think that does, but then and people can say it's video games and lack of respect for law enforcement and whatever gang initiations. And I, I really, what it boils down to is, is a lack of respect for life and, and, it's just no sense. I mean, the authority thing, maybe they're making their names off of it. That's how they want to go out and be famous. But this guy in Los Angeles went out like a little bitch. They put tear gas in his house and he came out crying. Yeah. Uh, but he executed that deputy for no reason. Executed. But how, how are people on death row 
get lived for 28 years because all the appeals, these officers don't get a chance for an appeal. That's right. Well, let's lighten it up a little bit because I know that you guys are huge fashion fans and are going to want to hear this story. Um, Fashion Week just wrapped up in New York last week. And as always, the biggest names in fashion and the biggest stars of the runway shined brightly. Jim's personal favorite, Gigi Hadid was there, along with her sister, <laughs> Kendall Jenner and Kaya Gerber, Gerber also walked the runways, while brands like Chanel, Hermes, Versace, Armani, and the hottest new brand, Hefty. Where, where's the crime? Sorry to interrupt. The crime is coming. <laughs> you ruined my flow there. Crime minds want to know. While yeah. brands like Chanel, Hermes, Versace, Armani, and Hefty by Fred Beyer showcased their newest designs. Are you guys familiar with Hefty by Fred Beyer? Mm-mm. Negative. Well, Fred stole the show with his hot new designs. It happened at an event hosted by the social media agency Creators Inc., and the entire scene was captured in a viral TikTok showing a male model strutting the catwalk wearing what looked like a trash bag and a pink shower cap. Not one of the ultra-sophisticated dingbats in the audience seemed to bat an eye at the man walking the catwalk in the trash bag and pink shower cap. Several could be seen whispering in the ear of the person next to them. Oh, how avant-garde, Sergio. I must have it. The The model repeatedly looked behind him as he advanced across the catwalk, because he was being chased by security. Suddenly, a security guard caught up to him and grabbed him and dragged him off the catwalk in a blink of an eye. Um, it turns out that that model was none other than 21-year-old Fred Beyer, who is a prolific pranker on YouTube with more than 300,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel. The Florida-born personality regularly shares videos of his antics on his channel as he pranks members of the public, the service industry, and even law enforcement. Not surprisingly, Bayer wasted no time documenting what happened on his YouTube channel. In a 13-minute video simply titled Pranking Fashion Week, he showed what happened not just before, but after his infamous runway walk when he, uh, uh, but when he walked around various shows talking to the people. Seconds before Bayer hit the runway, Yee, the artist formerly known as Kanye West, was walking down the catwalk to his hit song, All the Lights, while wearing a blue sweatshirt that read, Jewish Lives Matter. Bayer walked onto the runway, and while passing right by, the Yeezy designer shook his head and called him a Jew hater. Then, in never-before-seen footage, the security guard started laughing after he escorted Bayer out of the room. Congrats to Bayer for putting these snooty a-holes in their proper place. We'll post the the video and... uh, I'm told there are still some sizes left in stock if you guys are interested in a nice hefty bag and pink shower cap. Hmm. Now that's on my to-do list. The, the, uh, I would have totally done but that. Uh, these, kudos for him. All yeah. these snooty A-listers wrapped around the catwalk in these, and, and this guy comes walking out in a freaking hefty bag and a shower cap, and they think it's a real fashion statement thing. He's, he's a real mom. Yeah. Well, the, kudos for him. And, you know, uh, whatever his misdemeanor trespassing charge or whatever he's going to get is going to be compared to nothing and all the money YouTube's going to pay. Absolutely. Right? All right. Well, uh, you know, Woody says this a lot. Uh, and that is you have good and bad in every profession. And uh, unfortunately, mm. that even includes the law enforcement profession. And two former East Cleveland, Ohio police officers were actually sentenced this week for stealing thousands of dollars from people they pulled over during traffic stops. Uh, judge ordered Willie Sims, 32 to two years in prison on Thursday. His partner, Alfonso Cole, was sentenced Monday to two and a half years of prison and fined $40,000. In total, Sims and Cole, Cole stole $14,781. And that's a, 
that's a freaking perfect number right there. I don't know how they how they don't know it was fourteen thousand seven hundred eighty two, but they went with fourteen thousand seven eighty one from six victims from July twentieth of twenty twenty to July of twenty twenty one. While on duty, uh, Cole also swiped two firearms from victims. The two men were arrested on July 9th of 2021, one day after a motorist reported uh, to the police department they took $4,000 during a traffic stop at a gas station. The 21-year-old man said he was on the way to a funeral home to pay for his mother's services when the officers robbed him. Sims and Cole's arrest are connected to a wider investigation into the police department for corruption. More than a dozen current and former officers have been charged with various crimes, including the former police chief, Scott Gardner, who is accused of fraud, theft, money laundering, and tampering with records. He has denied all these charges. On July 7th of 2020, Sims responded to a gas station in East Cleveland after a 52-year-old victim got into a verbal altercation with a woman. the victim had placed a firearm he was carrying on the seat of his car and $3,800 in, uh, in cash fell out. Sims ordered the victim out of the car and searched the vehicle. And Sims took that $3,850 and arrested the victim and had his car towed. Four months later, on November 8th of 2020, Sims swiped $1,300 from a car belonging to a 34-year-old victim. The victim said Sims made every excuse for stopping him and ordering him out of the car. When the victim returned to his vehicle, he noticed the money was missing. The victim told the judge he did not report the money stolen because he had drugs in the vehicle. The victim said Sims pulled him over again two other times. During the second incident, Sims didn't steal from him, the victim said. I didn't have anything to take, so he just left. The third incident occurred on July 8th of 2021. The victim said Sims stopped him at a gas station, ordered him out. When he refused, Sims roughed him up a little. Uh, He told the court he was placed in the back of a police car while Sims and other officers ransacked the vehicle. Sims took $781 and suspected marijuana edibles from the car. Sims apologized to his families and friends, telling the court he was sorry for putting himself in that position. In addition to time in prison, he was fined $40,000, as was Cole. So both in prison now, but wow, man. Uh, it's stupid, stupid, stupid. How do you think you're going to get away with that? I mean, I know it, you know, cops robbing uh, drug dealers is nothing new because who, who are they going to report it to? But sooner or later, you're going to run across that guy like uh, the one who's going to pay 4000 for his mama's funeral. You can't, I mean, there's no forethought yeah. in that, right? Prisons are full of dumb criminals and including dumb cops who commit stupid-ass crimes yeah. like that. And so, all that cash at once, whatever. man. And, you know, you're stealing from, I mean, in that several cases, it was a drug dealer. So you're assuming, nah, I mean, what are yeah, they going to yeah. do? You know, report it, and then who's going to believe right. it? Um, but you know, everybody's got dash cams now and, and, uh, body cams and all that. It's springtime boys. The grass is green. The birds are chirping and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally, designed for long-term retention, speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone 
is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. Yeah. Well, it's bullshit, and, and they, they deserve to be in prison. Uh, they, instead of hunting money and dope dealers, they should have been hunting bad guys, right? right? So, all right, let's take it to Texas, y'all. Um, a Texas man was arrested after assaulting two people and threatening to kill deputies in Harris County. And, again, that's the Houston area, y'all. Jerry Gilmore, 43, is charged with two counts of assault on a peace officer and injury to disabled and assault. Harris County Constable Mark Herman said deputies responded to the uh, Willow Park View Street after receiving reports of a disturbance. And when the deputies arrived at the scene and found that Gilmore physically assaulted a disabled person and a woman during a verbal altercation. As deputies attempted to detain Gilmore, he physically resisted by kicking, pushing, and, my favorite, spitting at deputies. The suspect was eventually taken into custody after a brief struggle, which that means they they scraped his head on the concrete, I would imagine. Uh, before then, he threatened to kill the responding deputies. He was booked in the Harris County Jail on a $100,000 bond, and like I said, it's two major no-no's. Uh, for me, they were committed by Gilmore is don't spit on me and don't threaten to kill me. So mm. another lovely soul. I mean, why, why are you going to beat up on a, on a disabled person? Right. It's disgusting. And then when spitting on the cops, that's part of the job. Uh, you get your ass beat for it, but the beat up on a disabled person. And I show up, even if you didn't spit on me, you probably were going to get some real estate. Yeah. So some street disgusting. justice. Don't spit on Woody. Right. right. Don't like unsolicited slava on me. Now, if it's solicited, that's a different story. <laughs> well, let's go to Sin City. We haven't been to Vegas in a while, but this is a uh, another uh, viral video that has uh, uh, that has the country scratching their heads, wondering uh, why. And this involves a retired California police chief who was deliberately mowed down and killed while riding his bike in Las Vegas by a laughing teenage driver whose pal who was riding uh, beside him can be heard saying, 
yeah, hit his ass in the uh, viral video. Andreas Probst, age 64, uh, is the retired cop who was killed after he was deliberately struck while he was out for a morning bike ride around 6 a.m. back on August 14th. The unidentified 17-year-old driver of the Hyundai was arrested by police soon afterward. The teen has since been charged with murder after police discovered a video posted to social media that allegedly showed him deliberately hitting the man. You can pull allegedly out of that. It's about the clearest video you'll ever see. This weekend, the shocking footage went viral online, showing the driver asking his pals, ready? As the passenger films laughing. Yeah, hit his ass, he tells the driver before plowing into the retiree. The disturbing clip begins with the passengers cursing at other cars as they speed by on the North Tenaya Way near West Centennial Parkway. The video shows the car approaching a man in red, riding a bicycle on the side of the road from behind. With his friend's encouragement, the driver pulls into the bike lane behind the, the cyclist, honks his horn, and deliberately smashes directly into his back tire with a loud bang, sending the guy flying over the top of the car. The passenger films the man lying helplessly on the side of the road behind the vehicle. Damn, that N-word got knocked out, the passenger said, as the driver could be heard stepping on the gas. Popes was taken to University Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead. It's not clear if the passenger who filmed the killing has been charged with any crime. I do not believe they have him in custody yet, so I don't know how he could have been charged with a crime. The 17-year-old was arrested that same day, as I said, on suspicion of hit and run. He was later charged with murder because of the video, though the date the charges were set was not clear. The former cop had moved to Las Vegas after he retired as the police chief in Bell, California, back in 2009. And a memorial service was held for probes who spent 35 years in law enforcement. He was honestly like a ray of sunshine, Taylor Probst said of her father that just bled through your life. He was an amazing man, a husband, Pope's wife, Crystal, added a father and a brother. Another just senseless. They didn't know. Crazy. It doesn't appear they had any knowledge of uh, uh, of him having been a, uh, a police officer. But this was just a joy ride turned into a joy murder. Uh, Stupid. Yeah, and we stupid, stupid. You know, the 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 cops just real quick. Yeah, cops have like the worst mortality rate uh, after you retire. It just seems like I can't. I don't know what the statistics are, but um, like you retire, you're dead within a couple of years. Most of them. That's and the unfortunately, this wouldn't health related is just some assholes yeah and we just reported i mean on our last episode about uh the guy in in california that drove around and and mowed over three cyclists uh you know just a few streets apart from each other so it's not even safe to ride a bike anymore no so i ride mine in a park it's crazy man absolutely disgusting now uh i'm gonna take you to Mike's favorite city, Philadelphia, and we're going to talk about a case. This is this is really intriguing, and I've been following this one for a, a little while now. But the parents of a Philadelphia teacher who were fa- who was found dead with get this twenty stab wounds more than a decade ago have lost their fight to overturn the ruling of suicide in her death. Ellen Greenberg was 27 years old when her fiancé discovered her body on the kitchen floor of the apartment they shared in 2011. She had 20 stab wounds to her body, including 10 to her back and neck, y'all. 10 to her back and neck. A 10-inch long kitchen knife was embedded in her chest. Greensburg's death was initially ruled a homicide and then switched to a suicide, which sparked a 12-year-long mission by her parents to get justice for their daughter, who they believe was murdered. But on Wednesday, the Commonwealth Court upheld the appeal of the Philadelphia Medical Examiner's Office and overturned the lower court's ruling that could have reopened her death investigation. A blizzard pummeled Philadelphia on the night of the 26th of January in 2011 when police arrived at Greensburg's apartment after a 911 call from her fiancé, Sam Goldberg. 
police treated her death as a suicide because the apartment door was locked from the inside. There were no signs of an intruder, and Greenberg had no defensive wounds. Mr. Goldberg had come home to discover he was locked out of the apartment and unable to use his keys, as is his story, because the apartment's swing bar lock was engaged from the inside. When he forced open the door, he found his fiance's body in the kitchen floor with her upper body propped against the cabinets and her legs splayed out against in front of her. Uh, according to uh, several sources, the medical examiner was told that authorities were leaning towards suicide and looking at mental issues. On March 7th, the medical examiner's office reversed that ruling and changed the manner of death to uh, the manner of her death to suicide. Through the years, the family has fought to change the ruling by enlisting a team of experts in conducting an investigation, but the investigation hit roadblocks as it was discovered Greensburg apartment was never sealed as a crime scene and that it was clean before the forensic team could return days later. I hope you're listening to that, Woody Everton. So yeah, I right. actually saw a diagram of all her stab wounds. Uh, and, and I encourage people to Google it. Just Google her name and the, you know, Philadelphia teacher diagram stab wounds. It is, in my opinion, no way that she stabbed herself 20 times to commit suicide. Um, and I, and my heart goes out to this family. It's just horrible. It, you know, they won't even open the investigation yeah. back. What you think, Woody? I, I've had this case sent to me so many times over the last six years or, uh, or five years. The Real Life Real Crime original, people wanted me to look at it. So I've actually um, have looked at this before we talked about it today. And it's absolute bullshit. And, and first of all, but, uh, I wish this family would have had access to parish forensics in Bruce Hall, Louisiana, because it's the only place in Louisiana you can get your own independent autopsy done by a certified per- forensic pathologist. Um, if you can stab yourself 20 times, you one bad motherfucker, right? And then you're going to stab yourself in the back of the head in the back. It doesn't even equate. It doesn't even equate. Now, the door being locked from the inside, simple answers, people. The, I, I'm, I haven't seen uh, or looked up the diagram of the building. I don't know if this was on the first floor or second floor. If it's on the second floor, they're going to have fire escapes. They can do all the killing inside, lock the bolt from the inside, jump out the fucking window. Even if it's second story, there's no fire escape. You can still jump out the window. But it might have been first floor they fucked this up and and so if it hadn't been done and i haven't researched that far somebody needs to put a documentary on and burn their ass to the ground and, you know i believe believe but this is bullshit and this family is a teacher you know what i mean they, they, there's no they didn't say there was any signs of uh of a suicide note or she was giving away her most prized possessions or you know, doing anything you know the, the people that have reached the decision to make you know perform suicide on do and normally females don't do it in, in this manner. They take pills or something like that because they when they uh this pay for the burial, uh, then they you know they don't want to be messed up. But you stab yourself in the back of the head in the back, even if it's physically possible. No. I couldn't do it. Right. Has there ever, yeah, has there ever been in your to your knowledge? Has there ever been? Besides this one, another suicide by multiple stab wounds, self-inflicted stab wounds. Who who would kill themselves that way? The, I've seen a, a couple actually that the, a life was sent to me, and but nothing to this magnitude. And and oh, it even goes to like uh, Daughter Tears case, which, which I'm going to be doing the um, the where her own throat was slashed, right? And, and I mean, I said, you can slash your throat, you're a bad motherfucker. But, the, but you know, she's sitting on death row for, for the, the supposed crimes. But I, there's a couple of other ones. There's one out of Mississippi I can think of, and, and the dude was uh, stabbed numerous times, and there's they're trying to say this is suicide. You just, I don't think, it, I don't care how high you are. You can't stab yourself 20 times. I don't think your body would physically allow you to do that some of these ones yeah and it's like these suicides it's like the suicides they have where the people shoot themselves three or four times come on man They're twice i get it because sometimes they fire or the weapon misfires or whatever but 
stab yourself 20 times, you prove it. And some of these well, wounds were defensive. I mean, were in between the shoulder blades. I mean, how the heck? Who right, right, right. So, like that? Yeah, I'm trying. Even with a 10-inch knife, I'm doing it on screen, y'all. And, and the, they, so they say there's no defensive wounds? Well, fuck. I submit to you that the, the stab wounds in the back of the head in the back are defensive wounds because she's trying to get the fuck away from them, yeah. right? And the defensive wounds don't have to be cuts on the hand where you're grabbing the blade. She might took the the stabs to the back of the head in the back and, and went to the ground, and then he did the rest of the killing. I mean, she might have been incapacitated by that point. But I don't know in what world people think this is not a fucking logical, uh, not a homicide. Look, uh, you guys know, I, and it's amazing that it happens to be the year 2011, but uh, that this happened because I personally dealt with corruption inside of uh, the state police ranks in Pennsylvania uh, I've seen it firsthand here, so uh, it doesn't doesn't shock me at all that something funny. It, I'm not going to go so far as to say it's. I'm not going to go so far as to say it's corruption. I, mean, I, I think it's inept, uh, uh, um, not doing, not looking in the right places, and, and not following the evidence. And I think also um, sometimes with some police officers you know your pride gets in the way a little bit and if you rule if you say you know initially well this person killed themselves it's it's a lot harder to swallow that pride and and admit you made a mistake and and you're right some are really good about that and 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 yeah yeah that's uh the human factor is definitely Simon and the other end of the spectrum they could say one of the cops was you know, raping her and, and whatever, right? Uh, then that, I don't know. But let's go out to another one, y'all. In this one, you know, they say uh, pimping ain't easy, right? Uh, uh, well, a Brooklyn pimp who admitted, admitted now, check this out, chopping up his prostitute girlfriend and putting her severed head in his freezer has pled guilty and faces up to life in prison for the grisly murder and for sex trafficking eight women. Y'all are at rescue.org, right? Um, Some more Moses, whose nickname included Sugar Bear and Daddy on Friday, copped a 10-count indictment to sex trafficking eight women and to murder in the course of sex trafficking for the January 12, 2017 butchering of his girlfriend, Lenandra Foster. He faces a mandatory sentence of 15 years behind bar and as much as life in jail at his January 8th sentencing in Brooklyn Federal Court. The 47-year-old pimp was previously convicted of negligent homicide and concealment of a corpse for Foster slaying in a Brooklyn State Court jury uh, in 2019. But the jury, that jury acquitted him of murder. Right. So he served a four to eight year prison sentence and was scheduled to be paroled in May of 2022 before he was rearrested by the feds, which is totally legal, uh, um, on the novel charge of murder in the course of sex trafficking. Moses murdered Foster 32, one of his sex trafficking victims, and then using a knife and a saw, dismembered her body inside the Brooklyn apartment they lived in together. Four days later, on the morning of January 17th, Moses got rid of Foster's torso and limbs at a Bronx, Bronx sanitation site and her head, hands, and feet, including a foot with the name Samore tattooed on it, right? Now, he cuts her up, and, and she's <laughs> her foot's got his name tattooed on it. You would think he would have the common sense to scrape that off. Uh, uh, anyway, so... Uh, Anyway, the, the, the foot was found in the freezer with, with his name tattooed on it, y'all. In addition to the murder starting as early as 2003, Moses would force women and girls into the sex trade and use threats, violence, and manipulation to keep them working for him. He often tricked the women into believing that he loved them and sleeping with them and promising to marry them before making them work for them. That's what the feds claim. 
and he frequently pressured the women into tattooing his name, Samore, on their bodies. Moses beat, raped, tortured, and threatened to kill the women, all in order and force them to be hookers for him. According to prosecutors, Moses used a taser on one woman who refused to become a call girl and put a shotgun in the mouth of another woman, threatening to kill her and her child if she didn't become a sex worker. The vicious pimp once slashed the arms and back of one of his victims with a razor blade and beat her with a belt and later poured lemon juice on her wounds, leaving her with permanent scars. Right? He's, he's a real winner. While the defendant's total admission of guilt cannot undo the terrible harm he has caused, we hope it will bring a measure of closure to his victims who suffered the defendant's extreme cruelty and brutality and, brutality and to the family of Miss Foster. That's what the Brooklyn U.S. Attorney Brian P. said in a statement on Friday. So, pimping ain't easy, right? The, uh, that's, I mean, you know, rescue.org, it's not just kids, y'all, that get sex trafficked. That unfortunately, is these women everywhere. Um, I don't know. But I'm glad the feds got him because he was going, he was, I mean, the, the state jury didn't find him guilty for murder. Yeah. Hey, y'all, my wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause, hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, Poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas. No desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? I was too, and then I tried Recess Mood. Recess Mood replaced that after-dinner alcoholic beverage for me, so I saw a difference in both my mood and my belly. It's made with real fruit, it is only 20 calories, and it contains no added sugar. Recess Mood is infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangovers. Recess Mood tastes great, too, and comes in four different flavors. My favorite flavor is the Strawberry Rose. So whether you need a moment away from the errands, work, and kids, or you just need a moment of chill during dinnertime chaos, Recess Mood is where it's at whenever you need to relax and unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash RLRC and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Ruthless. Uh, got another story involving a cyclist, but we're going to go across the pond to Belgium. Anybody ever been to Belgium? Good day. Mike. I have been to Belgium. I like it very much. <laughs> Belgium's got some fire-ass beer. Yeah. I think they call it Bruges, yeah. that Bruges that they speak over there in Antwerp yeah. or Brussels, but uh, but that was close, Jim. Yeah, uh, it served at room. It served at room temp. A cyclist in Belgium went viral after he was accused of kneeing a five-year-old girl and knocking her to the ground back on Christmas Day of 2020. 
that guy has now won a defamation suit against the girl's father. This is a crazy story. The viral video shows the young girl and her mother walking along a nature trail and uh, and shows this unidentified guy who is a 63-year-old cyclist coming up from behind them. And when you look at the video, you can see him deliberately stick out his knee, knocking the kid down face first into the snow. The guy then just pedals away without apologizing, without doing anything. He doesn't even really look back other than for a a split second. And that prompted the family to report the incident to the police. Uh, The whole ordeal was caught on video by the girl's father. His name is Patrick Mapasa. And he later posted it to social media where it went viral. The case eventually got to court in February of 21. And according to a report from the New York Post, where the cyclist said he stuck out his knee to, quote, avoid a fall, and that he did not immediately realize that he knocked the young girl over. So he's claiming it was all an accident. The judge in the case ordered the cyclist to pay a small fine equivalent to about $1, reasoning that the biker did not intentionally hurt the girl who was, who was identified by the name Nia and that he had since faced a rash of social media criticism. So basically, the court said, this guy's been... Uh, been you know, taking it from people online for a couple of years since this happened. That's more than enough ridicule for the crime of maybe uh, accidentally, maybe purposefully sticking out his knee. But that's enough. So we're going to uh, we're going to give him a, a fine equivalent to a dollar. But Mapasa, the father, claims he never posted the video in attempt to seek revenge, instead saying he was hoping to raise awareness about the dangers of similar situations. I also don't want a witch hunt. I want him to apologize, he wrote back in December of 2020. The cyclist eventually filed this defamation lawsuit against the family and won with a judge in the city of Verveer set to decide how much he will receive from the suit this coming April. So this guy and I think if 100 people watch this video, 98 would say he need this girl intentionally. This guy does that. The father posts the video. He gets fined a dollar by the courts. And now he's won a defamation suit back against the family for having posted that video and is apparently going to be awarded some kind of settlement and some kind of uh, uh monetary uh, reward for this crazy insane crazy crazy and what right. happened in what the are you gonna do united states mike don't bring your uh, dog say, try- snowy bike path in brussels yeah. or antwerp i don't know <laughs> what did they say don't try that in a small town yeah all right so right. we unfortunately we don't have access to our our sound effects. So uh, it is mile high crime for Wednesday, and we're you can take off your seatbelt and move forward. Jump on with us. Uh, she's not here. I'm gonna do tip okay. You can take you can take off your seatbelt. You can take off your seatbelt and move freely around the cabin. Strangely, that doesn't have the same. That's effect. best I got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna tell you about. Cincinnati Bengals defensive back Adam Pacman Jones, who was arrested early Monday. Y'all remember Pacman? I remember, I remember Pac-Man. Adam. Hey, he just I, I just watched the game uh on Sunday when Cincinnati took a one all the way back for um and scored it on a punt return. Adam Pacman Jones was the last person to do that uh, for them. Right. And it was like way well he's been all arrested. Time. Uh, after police responded to a report of an unruly passenger at the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky International Airport. He was booked on a misdemeanor count of alcohol intoxication, disorderly conduct, and terroristic threatening. Police were called at 6 a.m. to help crew members with an unruly passenger on a flight scheduled for departure. Jones uh, was that passenger, and he was arrested prior to takeoff and taken to Boone County Detention Center. Details about his arrest haven't really, you know, been immediately released. They're 
they're trickling out there. But Jones, his side of the story is after he was released, he said that he was asked to be moved to another seat because the phone charger for the two seats he had purchased wasn't working and was told they would have to turn the plane around. He vehemently denies being intoxicated and also rejected the terroristic threat allegation. I'm hurt. This is embarrassing, Jones said while leaving jail. Uh, for those who, who may not be super familiar with him, he played uh, college football at West Virginia. He was a first-round draft pick by the Titans in 2005, and he had a 12-year uh, tenure in the NFL, um, but a lot of suspensions, a lot of off-the-field stuff, um, and it seems like he just continues to get in trouble. Now this issue at, yep. the, at the airport, all over chargers. Uh, power charge. I mean, good lord, man. But, hey, but don't you know he's Pac Man Jones, man? He he got to give his his seat charger, right? Yeah. Well, it's I gotta crazy. Take, I got to take Pac Man's side on this thing, though. There's nothing more frustrating than either having to wait on a flight in a at a gate where nothing works when you're trying to charge a device, or getting on a plane where the outlets don't work. And so, if you've got a long flight and you were low on battery power now you're screwed because the the airline well, and the get, airport didn't you know you're right it. but you know now they have those portable chargers the the battery packs that you you know you can get at the little kiosk for six hundred dollars and <laughs> use those <laughs> okay. i'll spend my money on the faith i have ideas yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, Ed, everything about flying sucks. Let's just go on the record and say that, right? Unless you're like Mike and you got a G7. Yeah. So that's right. There's your mile high. That's and mile high. now we're going we're gonna to do some kinky crimes for Wednesday. So I'm going to say, oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Kinky crimes. Kinky crimes for Wednesday. Hey, y'all, you know what? It takes really takes all kinds to make, to make the world go around, and this is a, actually a sexual crime. It's not going to sound like it, but it is, and I'll explain at the end. But starting in May of 2012, police in Akron, Ohio, got reports that someone had defecated on or worse in people's cars. Sometimes the feces was smeared on the hood, while other times the pooper did his business on the door handle. If a person were unlucky enough to leave their car unlocked, the unidentified defecator would leave the owners an unwanted gift on the seat. Overall, 19 people made reports to the police. However, the reports were almost always made after the victim's car had been targeted repeatedly. Repeatedly, y'all, not just one time. For example, one woman's car was hit six different times. Police also believe that there could be even more incidents that weren't reported. I'm pretty sure if you could take a shit in my car, I'm not going to call the police and report that. But anyway, the, uh, in March 2015, one victim set up a camera to take a picture every 12 seconds. He finally snapped a picture of a man with his bare buttocks hanging over the hood of the car. With this picture, Akron police are hoping they will have the suspect in custody soon. <laughs> so the poop is a poop is a fetish. Yeah, you may not know this, and then uh, I went, yeah, went to the fetish school for the FBI and all that. They people do this, and they get off on it. So they, they do the poop like marking the territory. And they'll stand around the corner, watch the people find it, and they masturbate to it. I've actually seen the videos where they, the, the the person will get underneath the person uh, with a clip. They got a, holding a clear glass plate, and they're filling it through the plate, and having their partner defecate on the plate, so and then they masturbate to it. Disgusting, dude! God, that's <laughs> disgusting. They, people do it. Yeah. We just we just call that an Amber Heard around here. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, there's your kinky crime for Wednesday. I don't know if it gets much kinkier than that. So. Poop. There you go. Banjo time. Give me some banjo time. Outstanding. 
Do you guys remember the movie Back to the Future? Yes. Oh, I, I, absolutely. Space time. Was that a documentary? Was that a documentary? No, it was a three-part, at least three-part um, series, if you will. Now it's on Broadway. Yeah. Dark, like you don't know about it. Well, it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't a documentary, though, right? <laughs> well, no. Okay. For some reason, word of that never got out to today's dumbass, whose name was not released by police. So we're, we're just going to call him McFly. Perfect. <laughs> McFly apparently. McFly. Yeah, McFly apparently thought that once he hit a speed of 88 miles per hour, that his flux capacitor would propel him forward in time. Unfortunately for our aspiring time traveler, he learned that some things in the movies aren't real. Instead, he ended up crashing into three businesses, according to the Pensacola News Journal. The, The still unidentified driver was trying to time travel on Sunday with his Dodge Challenger, but he just created a big hole in the middle of a strip mall instead. Charges weren't immediately filed, but the man was taken to a hospital for evaluation Three businesses, including a casket retailer, he might have needed them, uh, uh, but luckily, I guess for him, he doesn't. A tax service office were closed due to the crash. Thankfully, no one, including McFly, was seriously injured, except perhaps McFly's ego when he hears our banjo and fiddle <laughs> serenade. That's funny. <laughs> Very good, McFly. Yeah. He was missing his flex capacity. Once you hit 88, boom. That's it. He had the wrong car. He needed the DeLorean. Absolutely, he did. And and for our, you know, normally I'll do another segment here. Um, This could kind of be a segment, but I'm going to read you something that, and shout out to Lori Johnson, who is a proud, a proud gymtastic. Love Lori Johnson. Yes, shout out to Lori Johnson. I hate it. and, and to my doppelganger. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell her I'm tired of carrying her husband around the golf course. <laughs> yeah. Josh is a badass. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about taking him to the boat and playing a $50,000 tournament. Yeah. yeah. He'll be all about it. Um, she sent me this this story, and, and, it, and it was actually from a Facebook post, but it speaks to the human trafficking issue, child trafficking issue. And I just want to read it real quick. Um, And this is a post. I'm not going to read the lady's name, but it says, I want to warn parents and young girls that human trafficking is very real in Baton Rouge. And and she lists her daughters and we're just approaching coming out of racetrack, which is a gas station in Baton Rouge by two gentlemen uh, driving a gray Nissan Maxima with a teal blue license plate. They were trying to get them to smell perfume samples when they repeatedly told them no, they changed their ploy and told them they dropped something trying to get them to stop and keep away from their vehicle, I guess, because neither of them dropped anything. They continued to follow the girls and harass them. The girls locked themselves in the car and called me and the police. I actually beat the police to the gas station. As I pulled up and they had pulled out, they had pulled out of another entrance. I didn't see them. This was only after a lady took one of the samples and they followed her when she left. The police have been given all the information and alert has been sent out. Parents alert your young adult children. Girls, please be aware of your surrounding. This could have turned out differently. Obviously, this spoke to me for a couple of reasons. I have daughters, both 18 years old. Um, and, you know, it seems like a lot of these situations, it's people getting approached at gas stations. My wife was actually filling up. Uh, her car with gas a couple of weeks ago and had someone come up to her and, you know, ask him for money, probably a legitimate thing. That's Always. what I really wanted. Right. You don't approach my wife. You don't approach any, any right. female ever in a gas station and, and men out there. If you see that, pay close attention and, and, and help, help those ladies. Now, a lot of ladies can take care of themselves and my wife's probably one of them, but, but, you, um, you know what, what I do. I'm sorry. But I do whenever I see it and it happens all the time. It's small towns, big towns, it doesn't matter. The and these maybe your panhandlers, whatever you want to call them, I'm not knocking their situation, but they do this and they're they serial do it to especially to females, et cetera. When I see them doing it, I'll I'll walk up and say, Hey, I say, Hey, 
state police detective. And they say, yes, Sarge, they turn around, they haul ass, right? And even though I'm not anymore, I just say, all I got to say is, hey, I'm a cop. And then they jet. Yeah. Just, I mean, be aware, not afraid. And, and just don't take any shit from anybody. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Be firm. If they approach you, just tell them, get away, get away and say firmly. Yeah. And, and, and as in any crime, they're looking for an easy mark, y'all. They're, they're looking for the person who looks demure and, and is not paying attention. And they they have a sense about that, right? right? And, and then if they approach you and you turn around and you're harsh on them, they don't want to draw attention to them. There's, there's too many uh, people who are less aware and more susceptible to being these types of victims of sex trafficking or any other type of crime. So... Be firm, be aware, and that's it. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Everton. And I'm Mike Agavino. For Real Life Real Crime Daily, peace. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for three forty nine dollars a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.